The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday morning. It is 7.02 on your Tucson Friday, January the 21st, 2022. Welcome to a phenomenal day of sports, a fantastic weekend of exciting action, hopefully. And we're going to have it all prepared here for you in the next two hours, set it out for you and uh, let you consume as much as you possibly can as you're listening live here to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Aside from all of the sports that I have to talk today, and there is a lot of it, we also have tickets to give away today as well. I have two family four-packs of tickets to the Tucson Roadrunners versus Bakers, uh, Bakersfield next Saturday night for Star Wars night. Yes, Star Wars night at the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, that game is, is going to be several hours after the Wildcat basketball game is over. We, we play the school from up north at like 1 o'clock, I think, on Saturday, next Saturday. And then the Roadrunners game, I think, is at 7. So you'll have plenty of time to do both. You can go watch us stomp the guts out of uh, Bobby Hurley and the Scummies. And then you can go watch and you know get your Star Wars on at the Tucson Roadrunners games. I have two family four-packs to give away today. Those will be via the text line. So be ready for that for your text window to text to register to win. We also have one more pair of tickets to give away to tonight's women's basketball game at the McHale Center versus Utah. And I'm going to do it. Right now, we're going to see who the early birds are out there, Mary. I want to, I want to see who's, who's tuning in right at the beginning of the show. So be caller number one right now. We're going to reward the, the first early bird who gets in at 520-719-1490. That's 520-719-1490. The first person fastest on the draw. This is the Wild West, after all. If you're fastest on the draw, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to go see the Adia Barnes show tonight as women's basketball gets back on the hard court at the McHale Center to take on Utah at 7 o'clock. 520-719-1490 is the number. Caller number one. Good luck. We're going to give those tickets away as an early bird. We haven't, we've given away all week. We haven't given them away in the first hour at all. They've all been second-hour giveaways. So um, first-hour giveaway, first-minutes giveaway right here on the Jeff Dean Show. It's going to be that kind of a show today. So be uh, be on the lookout for the uh, Roadrunners, uh, uh, the Roadrunners text to win as well. Those are coming up before I get out of here. I got to give away two family four packs today, so be ready. Um, plenty, plenty of sports to talk about last night. The the uh, the Arizona Wildcats, of course, on the road at Stanford, putting together a very impressive victory against the Cardinal. We will get into that, and we will talk a, a lot about that game and a lot about Arizona basketball here in hour number one. The Suns get a nice win at the Mavericks last night, and it was defense last night. Uh, strangely enough, the Wildcats game and the Suns game played somewhat similarly. You know, the Suns were without DeAndre Ayton, who is their second-leading scorer and leading rebounder because uh, he had an ankle injury in the Chicago game, uh, missing missing his second start in a row. 
And it was really the Suns using their defense to kind of stifle the Dallas Mavericks. They turned the Mavericks over 19 times in the game, and it was Devin Booker's block of Dorian Finney-Smith there with under a minute to go that really sealed the game. Just an, an incredible play. We'll talk about that game coming up a little bit later on the show when we talk some Suns basketball. And, of course, as I mentioned, it is a football Friday I have been – I mean, here's the thing with, with this weekend's divisional playoff round. I have been going back and forth on this all week. Like, I, I have – I've been resolute with one of the games. The Tennessee-Cincinnati game, I picked, I've picked Tennessee to beat Cincinnati from, from moment number one. The other three games, I'm like, eh, oh, I don't know. Kind of hemming and hawing and waffling and back and forth. And I can I can make a case I can still make a case for how Cincinnati's going to win the game. There's plenty of good reasons why Cincinnati would beat Tennessee. I've been riding Tennessee all week, and that's that's where my money is currently. Um, but I've got a lot more money to play uh, with. So on the uh, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, I got a lot of money to play with for this weekend, and I'm going to have some fun with uh, with these games. And I may even hedge a little bit here and there on one of the specific games. And we'll talk about all that coming up when we do our Football Friday segment coming up in hour number two. Hour number two will be largely consistent of the uh, the NFL playoffs. But, look, this is, and and by record, according to the betters and the lines and the odds makers and such out of Vegas, this is the, as, as far as, like, the line spreads go, this is the tightest weekend of divisional round football in the history of the NFL as far as, like, the, the the average spread of a divisional round game the the Niners and the Packers game has ballooned a little bit to six which I think is I don't know I, I think it's a bit ridiculous to have it as I mean the Packers are almost a one touchdown favorite over against uh, probably I, I guess one of the hottest teams in the league and certainly one of the toughest teams in the league and a team that does not get blown out so I thought that line was a little bit bloated uh, but the other lines are all within three points and it's it's going to be one hell of a weekend, and I can't wait uh, for tomorrow and for Sunday. There's tons of action going on this weekend. But, of course, NFL playoffs are the uh, at the forefront right there. We'll have plenty of that coverage for you. I'll have my picks coming up as well, coming up in hour number two. But we'll have a full breakdown of that for you. But we begin, because we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, with the local crown jewel that is the Arizona Wildcats men's basketball team, and they're in. Uh, they were in. Uh, what? What? My friend Brett Hansen. Brett used to be. If you're not familiar with who Brett Hansen is, I, I've tweeted him out uh, yesterday, last night, after he made my favorite comment on Twitter from from all day yesterday, when he said they're going to have to change the name of the city to Balo Alto <laughs> because Umar Balo was balling last night in Palo Alto. Uh, Brett used to be the SID at uh, at Arizona for for men's basketball many years ago, um, and now is the uh, the chief over at Fox Sports Arizona and uh, or Bally Sports. Sorry, Bally Sports Arizona. I get so used to calling it Fox Sports, but yeah, Bally Sports. And uh, so Brett, good guy, uh, a great Wildcat, and uh, he came up with the line of the day yesterday: Balo Alto, as the uh, the Wildcats went into Balo Alto and crushed, and I mean absolutely throttled. Stanford by a final score of 85 to 57, despite playing without two of their starters for most of the game. Now, if you had told me, like if, if I, you know, if I was not watching the game 
and I had come home, and you know, someone here was waiting for me. And they go, "Hey," I was like, "Hey, how'd the game go?" And they said, "Oh man, um, Coloco and Tubelis only played a combined 15 minutes. Coloco was out with foul trouble most of the game, and Tubelis hurt him. He got a, you know, a leg injury, didn't hurt himself. Somebody else hurt him. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment." Um, but Tubelis was out. He's wearing a he's wearing a a, a a boot on the sideline, and he he only played the first seven minutes of the game. I'd be like, okay, I mean, did we keep it close? Were we within you know three or four at the at the finish line? Because you know, if you listen to my show yesterday, I said there's no reason. I, I pretty much ended the show with saying that there's no reason why Coloco and Tubelis can't both get twenty points in this game. They should be able to dominate inside, and that should be the you know the real factor in the game. Both of those guys just crushing it inside, and now knowing that Arizona is going to have to go small and play Umar Balo at the five, you know, give him more minutes than he's had all year, and all this, I would have I would have easily just been like, man, that's that's a tough break. But hey, you know, playing on the road sometimes it's tough. Uh, every once in a while, you get a, a group of officials that are quick to whistle and things like that, and. Christian's a, an aggressive guy, and I'm sure that they wanted to go after the ball a lot because Stanford turns it over, yada, yada, yada. I would have thought we would have been in a really tight matchup and possibly lost that game. But no, <laughs> Arizona wins the game by almost 30. Basically, never looking back, Stanford's biggest lead was the 2 nothing lead they opened the game with. And then after that, Arizona went on an 18-3 run. And at that point, <laughs> it's 18-5, to and I'm like, Oh, okay, yeah, I, we're, this is what we're going to do. We're, this, we're going we're gonna to blow out Stanford tonight. And that's the way it went. Stanford went on a little run there to end the first half to make it respectable looking at halftime at least. It was 42-31 at the half. But, man, then Arizona opened up the second half with a flourish. Arizona wins the second half by a score of 43-26 to and just leaves no doubt who the better team was on the floor for those 40 minutes of that game. And pretty much leaving no doubt who the best team in the conference is right now until they match up with that supposed uh, number two team or supposed number one team in the conference, whatever you want to call them, <clears throat> the game that's coming up next week. Uh, you know, we'll, I think we'll just continue to, uh, to anoint Arizona as the best team in the conference right now. Maybe the best team in the country. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit as well because we'll look at the national rankings because there are new. It's a, it's a new day. The uh, There's some basketball played last night, and there are new rankings, and Arizona has jumped up in several of the rankings, the rankings that matter, in my opinion, um, and in most people's opinions as well. So in that game last night, the the mad scientist Tommy Lloyd says, all right, I don't have Tubelis. He's out with a boot. I can't play Christian. He only played three minutes in the first half because he had two fouls, and he was just – he had, he had uh, two fouls and two turnovers in the first three minutes of the game. You got to go sit down. Like, go go figure yourself out. Like, what, whatever you need to do to calm yourself down, go sit down. So he brings in Pella Larson to play the five. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, so Pella Larson's going to play the five. All right. Cool. Brings in, uh, you know, Justin Kyer, Dalen Terry, Ben Matherin, Kirk Carissa, and Pella Larson. That small lineup, and they killed it. I, I mean, it was it was a mismatch of epic proportions. 
Pella Larson had three block shots. He led the team in block shots last night. I, I, I just you can't say enough about how this team responds to adversity. Arizona did not shoot the ball well, effectively, essentially, you know, the way they shot from from uh, from out of range. Now, I will say this, you know, uh, while I was watching the game, a buddy of mine had sent me a text message like, we can't shoot. And I'm like, okay, first of all, we're up 26, and they're just kind of launching threes lazily trying to get through the game. There's five minutes left, six minutes left or whatever. They're, they don't care about running the offense right now. They're just out there to shoot some threes and have some fun because their defense was so good last night Stanford did not have a chance it was that was one of the best defensive performances I've seen from a Wildcat team in a couple of years I mean that was a tremendous just an absolutely incredible defensive performance they held Stanford Stanford shot 30 percent from the field 30 that's a pretty good basketball team we talked about yesterday they were 10 and 5 Coming into the game, they had just beaten USC, who's one of the better defensive teams in the uh, in the conference. They play a, a good brand of defense. They're they're very tough. They're long. They're physical. They it's a good defensive basketball team is USC, and Stanford shot forty three percent from the field against them, which is good, not great. It's good. Arizona held Stanford to a thirty percent shoot. Stanford shot better from beyond the arc than they did from inside. Stanford was 30.4 from beyond the arc and 30.0 uh, from the from the two, and the you know the, the shooting woes continue. They were they're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. Anyway, coming into the game, they shot under their average of the free throw line as well. Arizona just completely took them out of their game from top to bottom. The Stanford did out rebound Arizona. Stanford grabbed 21 offensive rebounds. That's what happens when you miss 50 shots in a basketball game. That's going to happen. You're going to get some some offensive rebounds if that happens. The key the key stat though was that they only converted those 21 offensive rebounds into 11 second chance points, which is remarkable. Uh, the, the fact that Arizona was able to once. Stanford got that offensive rebound. They were able to then rally and play defense close to the rim and keep keep Stanford from getting that second-chance bucket. That was hugely important. Stanford started off the game much like I thought they would. They turned the ball over on three of their first five possessions, and it was pretty much on from there. Now, we get into looking at, at the play of the starters, first of all. Ben Matherin. Opened the game, had 13 points, uh, 13 points at halftime, and you know, you know played obviously extremely well. Was three of six from beyond the arc. Had that beautiful assist from Kirk Creesa early in the game, where Kerr went be- between the legs uh, behind the, you know behind him to uh, to drop one off to uh, to Benedict Matherin, who hit a 26 footer. It, it was a good lengthy shot, good looking, nice deep you know NBA style three. He's going to get plenty of those looks in the NBA. It's good to see him knock those down. Um, I don't think Ben played his best game last night, but I'll, I will say this. I thought his defense was good, and I felt like his athleticism was a real problem for Stanford. Like when when I was watching, they had a hard time keeping up with him, and even though he passed up uh, some, you know, some good shots and some good looks, he kind of did a little bit of everything, and he wasn't a standout in anything other than his three-point shooting. He was Arizona's best three-point shooter last night. Um, but – you know he he kind of put the pressure on early with scoring, and at that point Stanford was forced to then 
essentially help on him every single time because they didn't have a single guy on their roster other than other than Harrison Ingram. Harrison, like he's a good player. You saw him last night. I think I think you can tell that he he's he's got some things to work on, but he's also got a, a lot of talent just kind of waiting to to burst out of there. He had a his worst game of the season last night. <laughs> he had, he scored five points uh, in the game last night. They just didn't have any athleticism. They they couldn't keep up with Ben. And, you know, Ben's athleticism and his length and his size are a problem for a lot of teams. And Stanford got absolutely just railroaded by him last night. Even though his numbers weren't great, um, his effect on the game was was immense. Kerr did not have his best game of the season coming back, obviously. Scored seven points. Struggled a little bit shooting the ball. One of five from beyond the arc. But did grab some rebounds. Made sure that he was... Boxing out his man, played good fundamental basketball, which is what you want to see, you know, because Kerr is kind of a kind of a showman, right? I mean, that's what we love about Kerr. He he likes to put on a show. He likes to get in the other team's heads, you know, you know, emotionally, um, and and try to you know get them try to be the villain, which is great. But last night he played good fundamental basketball. He did have four turnovers in the game. Um, you know, Arizona didn't play its 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 most crisp game in protecting the basketball. Uh, Stanford is, you know, look, they're 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 going to do that. I mean, the Stanford has to make up for their own inefficiencies in protecting the basketball by turning the other teams over as well. Stanford had what they have eighteen turnovers last night, which is just right at right above just above their average um, on the season. They had eleven at halftime though, which is <laughs> we were like I was like, yep, that's uh, that's pretty much par for the course. I just didn't expect Arizona to get that kind of uh, of efficiency offensively and play defensively as well as they did. Dale and Terry once again just doing it all. Dalen is is not going to dazzle you with his shooting because he doesn't take a whole lot of shots. I mean, he did take eight shots last night, had a couple of layups that looked really good where he drove to the basket, was able to get by his man, uh, get to the hoop. But Dalen led the team in rebounding last night, also dropped four dimes, uh, only had a couple of turnovers, scored ten points, and played maybe the best defense of, of the season. Uh, he was... You know they needed him last night. He played 33 minutes last night. That's a lot in a 30-point blowout to have your starter play 33 minutes. That's a lot. <clears throat> so, Dalen was was absolutely key last night. And actually, when you look at his, um, when you look at the at the metrics for that game, let me bring it up here. What was his defensive rating according to according to the Reference.com site? His defensive rating was a 74, which was number one on the team. Um, for the for the minutes that he played, uh, just an FYI, seventy four uh, like on the on the reference dot com ratings, a seventy four rating is basically the amount of points if if your team was comprised of of five Dalen Terry's, how many points would they give up in a hundred basically a, a one hundred possession game, and it's seventy four, that is a ridiculously low number. Like that number is. It, Let's put it this way: <clears throat> If Arizona were to play with five Dalen Terry's, okay, based on his defensive rating in a 100 possession game against Stanford last night, they would have beat Stanford by 44 points. <laughs> that's how good his defense was last night, and it's been that way all season long. I mean, that's 74 is right around his average for the games for this season. 
you know, he's kind of like our new Rondé Hollis Jefferson, right? He's 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 not the the lockdown defender that Rondé was, where you can just stick him on anybody and shut them down. But he does so well in other aspects of the game, not only in help defense, but in uh, basically fighting through screens, doing all the little things, just the little fundamental things in basketball that don't get noticed a whole lot that make huge impacts in the game. And Dalen Terry is that guy. And his defensive uh, performance last night was spectacular. I thought he was fantastic. Um, even though, you know, again, the numbers, you know, we, we look at the block shots and the steals and things like that. We're like, oh, man, what a great defensive effort. But Dalen Terry was the best defensive player on the court last night, maybe the best defensive player in the conference last night. He was remarkable. So there was a little bit of a breakdown of the starters. Now we're going to get into the bench coming up after the break because the bench went off last night in a big way, led by the big man. We'll talk about that next coming up. Each win means that much more in the NFL playoffs, and that's why FanDuel Sportsbook is going to be hooking up new customers with those 30-to-1 enhanced odds we've been talking about all week just for this weekend. Okay, You can sign up today using my promo code, DEAN. Make sure you sign up and put in your first deposit. You make a $10 deposit before the games begin tomorrow. Make your first deposit, and you can play a $5 bet on any divisional team, whichever one you want. And if that team wins, you get 150 bucks. 30 to 1 odds on a game. You'll never get that again. Trust me. Like I said, if it were me, <laughs> I'd ride with Tennessee because I just I feel like they have the, the most concrete chance of securing home field advantage against the team that they're playing against, and I think the matchup is kind of there. Plus, I think King Henry, uh, with, with Derrick Henry returning to the lineup, I think he makes a big difference in that game as well. So like I said, sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook today. Use my promo code DEAN, and you'll be able to access those 30-to-1 odds. Now, things you'll notice about FanDuel Sportsbook, it's the number one sportsbook in America for a lot of reasons. Number one, the app is super, super easy to use. Everybody I introduced to it, like all my friends and stuff, they're like, they're like, thank you so much for showing me this because I was using, you know, Brand X or Brand Z or whatever, and they're like, I couldn't find where to make my deposit. I couldn't find how to bring up all of my tickets that I had running at a concurrent time. It's real simple with FanDuel. You'll see it's all laid out. The the, the, the uh, app layout is fantastic. They have the best in-class customer service. There's lots of different ways to, uh, to deposit and withdraw your money, so there's plenty of safe and secure uh, avenues to be able to work with your money. And, of course, those lightning-fast payouts that occur in less than two hours. Now, if you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, that's cool. Hook up a friend. Refer your friends, send them a link. Okay, when they sign up, they get fifty bucks, and you get fifty bucks. It's just that simple. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Use my promo code Dean and pick your divisional playoff team before kickoff for those thirty to one odds on a divisional playoff win. Twenty-one and over in present in Arizona. New users only. Ten dollars first deposit is required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is one hundred and fifty dollars. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred Next Step or text Next Step to five three three four two. It was the Umar Balo show in Balo Alto last night. We'll talk about that next here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to Scott Ensley. Scott Ensley was our early bird caller today for those women's basketball tickets. 
Scott said he wakes up every morning with the Jeff Dean Show. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate you tuning in here to uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Appreciate you, man. If you ever get to uh, get to a Wildcat men's basketball game, come on down and say hello. Introduce yourself. I'd love to shake your hand or dap you up or bop elbows or whatever the hell we're calling it nowadays. Regardless, love to meet you and uh, and thank you in person. So congratulations. Enjoy that women's basketball game tonight as uh, Adia Barnes and the women's team try to get back on track at home at the McHale Center versus the Utes. Uh, speaking of the Utes, they nearly pulled off the upset last night against UCLA. The Bruins were in Salt Lake City at the Huntsman Center. And uh, Huntsman can be a difficult place to play, although I was watching that game last night. It seemed eerily quiet. I, know, I think, you know, Utah fans, <laughs> they're, they're kind of they're, they're, they're influenced by the win-loss record. Uh, let's just put it that way. And Utah has been losing at an alarming rate recently. They're the slumpingest team in the Pac-12. And uh, the, the place was a little bit quiet last night. Even at late in the game, you could see, you know, Craig Smith trying to pump him up. You know, and he's like jumping in the air. He's like, come on, we need you. We need, your, we need your help here. And it was like, yay. They were a little bit timid watching UCLA come in there. But uh, the Bruins narrowly escaped with a win. And you know, I was I was texting my buddy, and look, like, I try not to talk too much smack about uh, about college players, amateur players, and such. But uh, Booth Gotch just continues to make bad decisions for Utah. Uh, he's he's done it his entire career there. He is a r- remarkably athletic player, and I know that he's still learning the game of basketball. But man, geez, you got to rein that kid in sometimes, man. He, you you, <laughs> you got to be careful giving him the basketball late in games in big situations tough he'll uh he'll hurt your team for sure one guy who did not hurt their team last night one of my favorite names to say over the microphone when i'm at the McHale center is umar balo umar balo came off the bench last night for the wildcats played 22 minutes in you know, basically emergency backup role like we you know we don't have a five man we can't let pella played the five the entire game we need you big fella and Umar came in and destroyed Stanford. I mean, just broke them down on both ends of the court. He was so good last night. In 22 minutes, he led all scorers with 21 points. He was 7 of 8 from the field. He was also 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Had 6 rebounds, got 2 block shots, only committed only one turnover, committed only one personal foul. And he was the player of the game for Arizona last night. He was incredibly good. Coming off the bench, it's tough, folks. You know, for someone who is used to playing eight minutes, seven minutes a game, to then up that to 22, especially at Arizona's pace that they play at, I got to give him all the credit in the world, man. That was a a great performance and a much-needed performance. That was was a gut check, man. That was like Tommy going to, to Umar and saying, we need you, okay? Uh, go out there and give us the best that you possibly have got. And he did, man. Seven of eight from the field. And there was nothing that Stanford could do. They were draped all over him, and they still couldn't do anything. Seven of nine from the free throw line. I mean, normally, you know, we, we watch Umar shoot the, you know, shoot free throws. I think, I think his season average, I think he was shooting like 60% or 59%. From the uh, from the free throw line, seventy eight percent last night though, no problems there. He was smooth as silk at the free throw line, even in a in a dead house. I, I mean, dead. That place was. You could hear 
the 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 lamps inside Maple's Pavilion buzzing. That's how quiet it was in there. You could you could hear the lights buzzing. I was like, I'm watching on TV. I'm like, you can is that the lights? Those are the lights that are buzzing. Yeah, yeah, those are the lamps that are buzzing there. You can you can totally hear them. And to shoot in that gym is tough, anyways, because of the the way that that gym has always been a problem. I know that. Uh, um, Bruce Pascoe in his article was talking about how Jason Gardner was out there testing the floor and says he remembers the the wave that would come through the hard court as you know the, the students the Stanford student section was jumping up and down. It used to be a trampoline like their their floor was <laughs> like people would hurt themselves on that floor because it was so bouncy and they obviously fixed that. But then you have. You still have the old, you know, the old Midwestern gym-style backboards that fold down from the rafters and are hanging there by cables. And as soon as the ball hits that rim, it just goes, and it just kind of, like, bounces off. You rarely, rarely get a lucky bounce uh, at Maples Pavilion. So shooting percentages are always a little bit lower there. Didn't affect Arizona, 55% from the floor last night. That's what happens when you just completely dominate a team inside, though, and get easy buckets. that's, That's what it's about. And I love what Tommy Lloyd said after the game. You know, th- he, was, he was asked about the three-point. Are you concerned about the three-point shooting? 28%. He goes, we shot 55% from the field. It's just that simple. And it's one of the – Tommy – look, most coaches would say this. Like, most basketball coaches, and when I say most, I mean like 98% of them, just because I'm sure there are some that, are, that go rogue out there from time to time. Most of your, your basketball coaches would be like, it's a concern for us right now. We didn't shoot the ball like we want to. We see these guys in practice, and they hit 50% of their three-point shots that they take in practice. But in game time, you know, there's a defender in their face, and uh, there's pressure, and timing is off. And blah, and they'll give you a thing, and they're like, it's something we intend on improving on. Tommy just goes, we shot 55% from the field. It's just that simple. And as a, you know, as a member of the media, as somebody who has interviewed people countless amounts of times, you want to go, uh, but, uh, and you want to ask another question, and then you're right, you're like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is really just that simple. And I think that's what Tommy does. You know, that's, you know, both, you know, in life and in practice with his team, in coaching. He just makes things simple. He doesn't try to complicate too many things. And trust me, that offense is not easy. Like, that's that's not an easy if, – if that offense were easy to run, everybody would run it, right? Everybody would be running that Tommy Lloyd motion offense. It's not easy. But if players, if if he can work harder to make the decision simpler for his players, then half of the job is done, and that's what Tommy Lloyd does. That's that's his that's his magic elixir. He makes things simple for other people to understand, to pick up, to execute, whatever have you. Uh, and I think that's what that's what's different about this Arizona team this year that they're able to execute on offense with ease, a very difficult process because. They're extremely well. Tommy Lloyd is an extremely good coach. Right? There's no doubt about it. If I mean, I already knew that to begin with. Uh, I had no doubts in my mind to begin with. Now everybody is seeing it, just how good he is. And listen, there's there's reason to believe that Arizona might be the best team in the country. We'll talk about their new rankings, the rankings that actually matter, coming up next. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, so let's take a look at the rankings that matter. 
the the two the two rankings that mattered to me the most in college basketball. The NCAA net ranking, which is of course how the NCAA views the the schools and the teams that are going to be playing in the postseason, which obviously is important, and the Ken Palm ranking. Ken Palm does the best job of analytically going through and, and ranking each team based on the analysis of play versus their opponents and versus other teams in the country. In the NCAA net ranking, the most recent ranking overnight, Arizona jumped over Gonzaga to take over the number one spot in the net rankings because they got another quadrant two win last night. It was a road win, a road win in the in the in the second quadrant. Arizona is now three and zero in quad two games, four and zero in quad three games, and they're two and one in quad one games. Okay, the average opponent's net ranking for Arizona is ninety, which isn't great. Okay, like. If you look at Kansas, like their average opponent net ranking is two, so obviously they've been much more highly tested uh, than has uh, than has Arizona. However, Arizona with their with the wins, with their margins of victory, and the fact that they've gone three and one on the road so far this year, obviously very impressive. Arizona currently sits at number one in the net rankings, followed by Gonzaga at number two, who got a win last night against San Francisco. Chet Holmgren had himself a pretty nice game. Houston, the number three net team in the country. They're 16-2 um, they're, uh, right now on the season. Um, and their, their opponent's ranking is a little bit higher than Arizona's as well. Then you have Baylor, who lost back-to-back games in the Big 12. They are currently at fourth. Auburn, five. Villanova, six. Then you have Kansas, followed by Purdue, LSU, and then Kentucky coming in at the number 10 spot there, um, a three-loss team. Villanova's lost five games this year. They're 13-5, and five, but are the number six net team because of the quality of wins and their quality of points. They played eight quad one games, which is more than anybody else in the country, which is ridiculous that uh, that, that, uh, that Jay would be putting his, uh, his team through that. But nonetheless, they'll be battle-tested when they come in. And Arizona will continue to get battle-tested. I don't think this Sunday is going to be a huge battle test for Arizona. Now, they're going to be playing that game most likely without the light, without the services of Azulis Tubelis, whom even if he was available to go, I think they would still rest him because of the demand that is going to be put on him on Tuesday night's game in Los Angeles when they take on UCLA. Huge game for Arizona, obviously. You want to make sure you've got all the bullets in your gun ready to go. And let's be honest, I don't think they need Azulis Tabellas to beat Cal. Cal is not the terrible team that they've been prior to Mark Fox getting there. I think, Look, I actually like Mark Fox. When they made that hire, I was talking um, with some of the staff at Arizona Basketball, and I was like, what do you think of Mark Fox? And, you know, for the, for the most part, I think – Everybody was really, you know, positive about the hire. Uh, the one thing that I noticed about Mark Fox in the two stops that he had prior to Cal, most most recently it was at Georgia. I think he spent eight, seven or eight seasons at Georgia. He always seemed to knock off ranked teams. Like Georgia would always be like a 500 team every single year. They were like 13 and 13 every year. But they'd have like three wins versus top 25 teams. He gets his teams up to play the big games, and he's a, he's a good coach. I don't think he's the greatest recruiter in the world, but I think as far as like breaking down film and putting together a scheme and a game plan for teams, especially against elite teams, 
a lot of times I think his teams maybe lull the ranked teams to sleep, thinking like, oh, we're just going to go in here and mow these guys down. And then he puts together this awesome game plan, and his teams come up and bite the ranked team in the butt. So Arizona's got to be careful of that because Mark Fox has a history of beating ranked teams. He's a good coach. They've got some players that are really familiar with Pac-12 play. Uh, they've got a big man in Grant Antisevich who's going to give Arizona some problems. He's going to get his points and his rebounds. He's just been developing over time as a good player. He's been there for a while. So this is not a, a throwaway game for Arizona. I, I think, listen, they don't need Azulis Tabellis to beat Cal. If, if, look, if you beat Stanford at Maples by almost 30 without Tabellis and without Coloco, you can beat Cal without Tubelas. That's, in in my opinion, that's that's how that equates to me. In in my mind, it does. Um, so Cal nine and nine. They're two and five on the season in the conference. Arizona plays at Cal on on Sunday at uh, one o'clock. That'll be on the Pac-12 Network. Now, looking at the Ken Palm rankings, okay. Ken Palm, which I have a a great amount of respect for in, in the work that he does, his his computers and his analytics as far as they as far as they work. Uh, Arizona jumped up from the number nine Ken Palm team last night going into the Stanford game and are now currently the number three Ken Palm team in the country. Um, they they just continue to to move up the rankings there. Um, when you look at if you if you have a subscription to KenPalm.com, uh, great. Uh, I'm sure you use it all the time, like I do. It's just fun to look through all these analytics and numbers and stuff like that. It's it's you know I. I, I just geek out on this kind of stuff. There's a lot of bright orange marks on Arizona's page, green and bright orange, which are good. Um, those are good marks for Arizona. Um, you know, they're the number one team in the country in assists per field goal made. They're the number one team in assist percentage. They're the number one team in average possession length. They're the number two team in adjusted tempo. And they're the number four defensive team in the country. That is maybe the most surprising and remarkable thing about this team. They're the number 13 offensive team in the country. Look, there are teams that just cherry pick out there and just play this ridiculous style of offense and just launch threes, and they, they do nothing but recruit guys that can shoot threes. And those are the, those are the teams that are going to have higher uh, you know, efficiency ratings and such. Arizona to be top, uh, you know, top 15 in offense is, is something we haven't seen in a while anyways. Defensively, though, I mean, look, this is the best team that we've seen since the 2012 team, right? 2012-13 team, the Brandon Ashley injury team, you know, the team that a lot of people feel was a national championship contender, including myself. That was the number one defensive team in the country. Uh, they were they were far and away the best defensive team in the country. You could not score on that basketball team. This this Arizona team, now granted, again with the with the schedule strength that they have, they haven't been proven you know time and time again by elite offenses and elite players but when they've gone up against the teams that have the ability to score they have shut them down and to have the number four rated defense in the country according to to Ken Palm is just remarkable to me it is they are just so good at protecting the rim 41.9 percent effective field goal percentage that is eight Eight points below the national average. the The average basketball team defense gives up fifty percent field goal percentage. Like their defense, it, that's that's the number. It's right at fifty percent for the. It is every single year. <laughs> Arizona's at forty two percent. It is absolutely remarkable how good they are. 
And this team, it's the way they block shots. It's the way that they fight through screens. It's the way they close out. And, and they're getting better at closing out on threes. They're getting better. And that may be the scariest thing of all, is that this team has already established the, the, the best margin of victory in the entire country. Any team, no, There's no team in the entire country that has a better margin of victory than Arizona does. They have the best margin of victory in conference play of any team. They have the best margin of victory in the country throughout the season. And they're getting better. We know they're getting better, right? I mean, it, all, most teams that you expect, expect teams to improve throughout the year. But the fact that this team is getting better, they haven't peaked yet. <laughs> Scary. Scary good. The NFL playoffs are in full gear, and everyone can get in on the action with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, it doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account because all customers, this weekend only, are going to get up to $10 back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. You can combine a bunch of different bets to make your SGP uh, score big with you know with better odds and a uh, not better odds but you know better payouts and you can combine things like point spread money line over unders player stats whatever you want to do you can do that on the FanDuel sportsbook as long as there's it's legal betting you'll you'll, you'll see when you get into it and stuff there's some things that they don't allow uh, but nobody allows it it's, it's just it's just gambling rules basically I like. The Kansas City and Buffalo game, I know some people are picking the under in that game. I kind of like fireworks in that game, and I think you can score big with an SGP if you look at that Sunday night game, or if there's some other stuff, if you want to play unders in some of the games that you think might be under, maybe the cold in Lambeau is going to affect the offense. Maybe you can go there. Regardless, put together a same-game parlay with three legs or more, bet 10 bucks on it, and if your parlay doesn't win, you get your 10 bucks back. It's just that simple. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, easy to place your bets. You get safe and secure transactions, leading, uh, you know, best-in-class customer service. The payouts are lightning fast in as few as 24 hours, and it is, of course, one of the many and legitimate official sports betting partners of the NFL. And if you already have an account, like I said, you can take advantage of this as well. This is not just for new customers. New customers, join today, and you can double up. Okay? Use my promo code DEAN to get your risk-free bet. And then use my promo code, DEAN, D-E-A-N, to get those 30-to-1 odds on any team to win their divisional game. You can turn a $5 bet into 150 bucks. It's just that simple. FanDuel, an official sporting sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. More after this, it's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right. We gave away a pair of uh, women's basketball tickets earlier. Scott Ensley was the winner there. Now we're going to give away a family four-pack to go see the Tucson Roadrunners. Next Saturday night, it's Star Wars night at the uh, Tucson Roadrunners versus Bakersfield game. So we got a text window open right now for about 10 minutes. I want you to text the word FORCE, as in may the force be with you. Text that word to 68683. The text number is 68683. Text the word FORCE to that number. Uh, the next 10 minutes or so, get that window open. 
and uh, we'll register you to win that family four-pack of tickets to go see the Roadrunners in action on uh, next Saturday night in Tucson against Bakersfield, a, uh, a Star Wars night. Should be a lot of fun. People dressed up. Get, I mean, dress up yourselves. I mean, go, you know, get your Obi-Wan. I, I probably wouldn't recommend the uh, the Slave Leia outfit because it's going to be cold there, and, you know, you may not get – the uh, you know the effect that you're looking for if you wear your golden bikini with your hair all tied up you know stuff like that I'm not suggesting men uh, wear that outfit we don't need to see that but uh, if if the ladies out there wanted to go dressed as their their la- they may want to go with a more warmer dress Leia go as the the uh, um, you know the the snow planet Leia version or something with a white coat on or something you can still wear the Danish buns on your head. We get the effect. For the rest of you out there, no Jar Jar Binks either. Don't don't show up dressed like Jar Jar Binks. You'll get thrown out. I'll just I'll just I'm gonna send a message to the Roadrunners. I'm like, if anybody comes with a Jar Jar Binks mask, just throw them out. We don't need that. We don't need that negativity on Star Wars night. All right. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk a little Suns basketball as they get a big win against the Mavericks. And of course, it's football Friday. Divisional round playoffs. We got two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. I will have a full preview and predictions for you coming up here in hour number two. Still a lot to do here on the Jeff Dean Show and a quick two minute turnaround to the top of the hour. Stay tuned right here to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson, KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tank of Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson.